Welcome to Macedonian Postcards. Dobrodojdovte vo Makedonske razglednica. My name is David Belidis. Ja sum Dragi Spasovski. And we're your hosts for this show. It's brought to you by Izvor Music. You can look at our website at izvormusic.com. That's spelled I-Z-V-O-R, music.com. Today's postcard is from Kumanovsko. And the song is Izgore Selo Trnova. Again, this is another song connected with my mother, Raina Spasovska. A few podcasts ago, we already talked about my mother and her recording career and singing career. And today we'll be back again to her recording time, the singing tradition back in Kumanovsko and around the vicinity of Kumanovo. My mother was not from the city of Kumanovo. She was from a village. She was born in Selo Klechovce, which is further southeast of Kumanovo. And she was married to a different part of the region, which is south of Kumanovo, to Selo Vince. That's where my father was born and raised. And that's where he got married to my mom. So that's where my mother moved for the first time away from her birthplace when she got married. The song Izgore Selo Trnovo is one of the three songs of the first session of recordings my mother did for Radio Skopje. And it happened in 1964, which is a little bit something like a year after the earthquake in Skopje in 1963. As I mentioned last time, in 1963, most of the town, something like two-thirds of the town, were torn down by the earthquake. And Radio Skopje's building was one of the structures being almost got down to the ground. Right after the earthquake, the broadcasting was done outside in the field, and it was mostly just for passing information about people who are missing or people who are found. It was mostly for the relatives of the people who were missing. So after a year, they moved the radio station to Gostivar, which is a smaller town northwest of Skopje. And it was temporarily until they built totally new radio and TV station, which came later on. Were you all living in Skopje when the earthquake happened? Yes, we moved to Skopje in 1952 or 53, something like oh, that. Oh, so that you'd been there a decade or so. Yes. I remember the day when we moved to Skopje. It was, my mother was already in Skopje, in the house that we, we got. And my father came to get me and my brother. Actually, my mother with two elder sisters was already in Skopje. So he came and took me and my brother. It was early in the morning before dawn, still night. It was like, you know, pitch dark. So 
I had never been, you know, that late at night. And when we approached Skopje, I, I woke up and I saw these lights, a whole place, big place lit with lights. And in the village, we had no electricity and we only had the petroleum lamps. So I had never seen such a place with so many lights and I was amazed. And my father said, from now on, we're going to live in a house with lights. You never seen lights in a house with electricity? David, I was only four. I know, but that's still, that's, that's really something. It's not something if you live in a village right. and you're yes, only true. four. That's what all that you know. But the thing is, I was four and I remembered, you know, the day when we moved. To Skopje. Anyway, let's go back to our story. So the earthquake and the radio station was, was rebuilt. And I asked you if you had lived in Skopje at the time. You said, yes. Was your house uh, damaged in the earthquake? Was we anybody had, hurt? We had just built a house. It was not even finished. We had everything with uh, windows and doors in there, but inside was not finished. We do not use shikrat. We use Malter, plaster, which is from uh, lamb and, and sand. My father was himself a masonry work. He was actually working on construction buildings. He was mostly working by himself in the house, but we had adjusted a couple of rooms for ourselves in the basement, and he was working on the first and second floor. So with the earthquake, the house did not fall down, but it was very damaged, so my father had to redo a new concrete supporting posts oh, wow. in between the walls and on the connecting walls with reinforcement steel bars. So he actually rebuilt the house yeah. and made it stronger for another probably 500 years. <laughs> God bless and rest his soul. He knew what was supposed to be done. Anyway, so nobody except my my youngest sister, she was hit by the bricks. Uh, she Ooh. was she slept on the second floor. It was summertime, and she had this portable bed, and that's where she slept on the second floor. Being you know nice and cool, it's July, still very hot. And while she was trying to run away, one of the chimneys fell and hit her right arm, and. A nerve was, at that time, being told by the doctors, permanently damaged. She could not move the hand for a long, long time, something like a few years. And what happened, once she was in a very big shock, because of some, some matter, and being in a shock, she all of a sudden could move the hand. Wow. So that was, you know... A lucky moment in an unfortunate thing. And she was able to move it the rest of her Ever life? Ever since, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so she was wow. fine. This all came from Radioscopia. Your mother made a recording in 64, the year after the earthquake. earthquake. Yes, that's when she started. As I said, uh, that was her second attempt in 1956. She had the first attempt with the open mic events. But because, you know, I, I mentioned last time, my uncle, her brother, was against, you know, her going into that kind of exposed life, as he used to put it. So she gave up on that. And then 
1964, she, she tried again and she was successfully accepted. So this song is one of the three songs of the first recording session she had with Narodny Instrumenti Orchestra of Radio Skopje. The other one was Stojan Mibolan Legerše, which we've already done a different a separate on. podcast about that one, and Zagrmelo uh, Vedro Nebo, which is a Kaval song, and she never liked it because she, she thought that's very unusual sound of her voice, but I liked it very much because it was unusual sound of her voice. Mm-hmm. Ternovo. People get it confused with Ternovo in Bulgaria, but that's that city, a that town in Bulgaria, which has nothing to do with uh, this one. And in the book that you and I and Rachel McFarlane being big help in the translation, I don't know if we have mentioned the location of Selo Ternovo, but that's a village which is uh, not far away from Kriva Palanka which is, again, uh, the northeastern part of Macedonia. Yeah, and my mother inclines to be over that side of the hill, <laughs> and she must have learned the song while she was kid. Because, as I said, it's from the other side of the mountain, and literally between my father's village and her village, there is a big mountain that kind of separates these two areas. There is a big difference in the wearing. The costumes, the traditional costumes, are totally different from where my mother was born and where my father was born. As they say, on my mother's side, the wearing was Shopskanosia. And where she married my father, she came to Kotorskanosia. Nosia is custom. So when you look at these two people, each one wearing different costumes, you'd never guess, you know, there's only probably by air something like 20 miles, maybe more than 20 miles, but still. Close. Close. Well, everything in Macedonia and the Balkans in general is so compact, but the differences are dramatic even in a short distance. That's what you're describing. Yes. Well, let's say, let's say, uh, take Kumanovo, the city of Kumanovo which is something like 35 kilometers, which is around 20 miles away from Skopje. It's a totally different dialect. The customs are totally different, not in the city, but, you know, the surrounding villages of Skopje and Kumanovo. Totally different, you know, customs. The music is even a little bit different. You can recognize the style of the singing in Skopje and the style of the singing in uh, Kumanovo. And aside of the dialect, you take it for two different languages. I'm a little bit exaggerating now. But 
a lot of people from Skopje would not understand wow, wow. a lot of words in the dialect of Kumanova and vice versa. Kumanova has brought nowadays a lot of singers, but at that time when my mother started recording, there were not very many singers who stepped forward toward singing publicly, performing publicly. My mother never actually performed on a stage. Not never, I should not say never. She was not a regular performer on the stages. She did perform whenever Radioscopia organized or whenever one of those folk dancing groups invited her to be guest singer. But at that time, there were not very many people who were recording, very many people who were into this field of kind of professional singing. I mentioned last time there was Vanya Lazarova at that time when my mother, you know, started singing. And that was it. No more other singers. Right after my mother started singing, there was Dushko Lazarovsky, who is a relative of Vanya Lazarova, and then Vanya's niece, Divna Lazarova, who was a member of Tanets. She recorded a few songs for Radioscopia, mostly she recorded Tanets within Tanets. Kumanovsko Trio, which is, I should say, the only trio coming from that area. Gavrovsky, Bratia Gavrovsky from Tetovo, this 
two and not the right. the new ones, the old ones, the old trio Gavrilsky. at that time, but a little bit later, when Kumanovsko Trio stepped forward, up front, Mukri Bracha, which was an excellent traditional song trio from Tetovo. They had a very specific interpretation in their singing, kind of unique, I would say. has not had any other male singers who had similar voice and color, specific color, in singing. Drago, that was his name, was unique singer. So they were actually even uh, winners of the European Radio Song Festival, which was held in Bratislava, Czechoslovakia at that time. They were the winners, and Vanya Lazarova once a winner, and Trio Kuchkovsky won were the winners of that prize. So, Kumanovsko Trio, that's a male trio also? Yes, that's a male trio, and as I said, the only male trio from that area. There are not very many male singers from that area. The only one was Dushko Lazarovsky and Nikola Petrovsky, excluding me, who I considered to be from that part, even though I was, you know, raised... In Skopje, I was only four when I moved from the village. But even nowadays, when they ask me, where do you come from? I do say I was born in a village, but I grew up in Skopje. So that trio was founded by members of the folk dancing group Panche Peshev from Kumanovo. One of them was a folk dancer, Stevo Krestevsky, 
The other one was Delcho Vukadinovsky. I think he was a musician. I'm not positive. And a third one was an Albanian guy, Recep Veseli. I don't know whether originally it was founded for the performance with the group or they just founded this trio for the purpose of recording for Radioscopia. I'm not sure about that. When they got up on the stage recording for Radioscopia, they were very successful because their songs are more in a kind of a uh, merry rhythm, uh, happy, fast, and people just accepted that kind of singing faster than, easier than, uh, let's say, Mokri Blatia Trio, whose singing is very difficult to make. And aside of the sound, nobody would attempt... Uh, they to, wouldn't just sing along to them. Yeah, sing along. So the Kuanasko Trio recorded a very famous song, Tseni Seupopa. Nowadays, in the States, people know it as a, uh, a song from Pirin, Macedonia. But also, it was recorded by people from Kumanovo. The lyrics are almost exactly the same, but slightly different. And it's, an, it's in Kumanovo dialect, too, which does not differ from the original context of the song itself. Did your mother know the, this trio? Did she know them personally? Uh, we know, I know. Oh, I you know them? I know, no, I've seen them, but I don't know all of them. I know Stevo Kirstevsky very well, and so does my mother, because Stevo actually later on was hired by the Narod Instrumenti Orchestra as a tapan player. He was tapangia for a long time within the band. And then he finished college and he left the singing and playing profession. My mother uh, in Vince, when she came to Vince, she, she adjusted easily because, you know, you have to do that, especially for the women when they get married. So later on, my mother started recording with a couple of ladies. From Vince? Yes, from Vince, from my father's village. They founded the trio and then she also recorded with one of them as a duet. So two ladies from the village of Vince. Draga Stamenkova and Zlatka 
Pashina at that time, but after she got married, she became Zlatka Ivanovska. So she recorded with them. And interesting thing is, they recorded first on their own, Zlatka and Draga, as a duet. As a duet. Yes. together with my mother and recorded as a trio. interesting voice, could not record because of her personal reasons, and my mother recorded with Zlatka Ivanovska only. The voices blend easier than with some other people from the past, except with Sarka Tasevska, who she recorded the most of her songs for Radioscopia. Dimitrovsky, who is a former director of the folk department of the Radio Skopje, also was a former director of the Macedonian National Folk Ensemble Tanets, a very, very knowledgeable ethnomusicologist, person who worked directly on the field exploring the traditional Izvorna folk music in Macedonia suggested forming a trio of three different uh, ladies singers originating from the Kumanovsk region, and that was Vanya Lazarova, 
Divna Lazarova in Raina Spasovska, who is my mother. Uh, by the way, Dushko Dimitrovsky was Vanya Lazarova's husband. So they did record songs only from the Kumanovska region, and at that time there was a cassette made, but for some reason the cassette did not reach the commercial market, and I managed to get a copy from the person, Kaval player, who accompanied the trio, that's Velian Jordanovsky, or known as Maestro Vele, among the musicians in Macedonia. For this song, did your mom tell you how she learned this song? No. I almost never asked, you know, where did she learn the song. Yeah. Because on one occasion, I know she told me that a lot of the songs she knew she learned from her grandfather. I don't know whether that was from maternity or paternity side, but it was one of the grandfathers. I don't remember my grandparents from both sides. They both were deceased at the time when I was born. But also, once I said that she was an easy picker on melody, it was enough for her to hear a, a melody, a song, and to memorize it, remember it, and sing it. Just like you. Yeah, in a way, like me. Yeah, you, you have mentioned that, and, and I've noticed it in, in talking with you and playing with you. It's... Uh, Remarkable skill that you have. Well, it's a, it's a genetic, I think. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was listening once to Zlatka and Draga. Somebody made a documentary of the village, and they, they were invited to... My mother did not want to be there because my brother passed away at that time. Uh-huh. And she, she just, you know, distanced herself from all these events. And I listened to once uh, that program, and it's amazing. The songs they sang, all those songs, all three or four songs, were songs that my mother sang, like Nabrala Djurja Sedenka. Nabrala Djurja Sedenka That's the song they sang. The very first song they recorded, it's a song that I recorded that my mother taught me. That song is a special song for John the Baptist Day, which is uh, middle of January. When I heard the song, I said, I just told my mom, I said, Mom, 
did you know they recorded that song? She said, yes, I know. But she said, I learned the song in Vince. <laughs> so your mother learned the song from them? No, she learned in the village of Vince. Yeah. And they all three are from the same village. Uh-huh. Is and this the song you just sang? No, it's a different song. What's the name of the song, the new song? Golubense Vodapie. Golubense Vodapie, Vodapie, Nakladenets, Dochulego, and so forth and so forth. That's a song that I have recorded, but I learned the song from my mother. And the first song they recorded was exactly this song. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And there was another song that I had forgotten that I learned from my mother. They recorded the song. And I remember once I made an attempt to record it, for some reason, the recording session was canceled. And I never went back to record the song. But they did. My point was, my mother brought a lot of songs from her native village, and then she learned a lot of songs from the village where she was married. So people who love music and singing have no limits, have no borders. Right. There's a lot of interchange, especially when, in this case, women are, are moving from one region to another due to marriage. They bring their songs with them. Exactly. Like, and you know, they learn new songs from the new uh, living arrangement. Yes. And my point is, the song that she brought from her own village, she must have sang in Vince, in the village where she was married to. And people would learn that song, and some of the songs would become like, you know... A Folk songs from that village. Yes, regular <laughs> song from the village. So now you go and figure out whose song is this. Remember? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so everybody's claiming the same song. It's a great song. <laughs> Everybody wants it for themselves. Yes. This song that uh, we're talking about today, tell a story of it. What does it mean? It's an interesting theme. The village is burning. We have a saying, a village is burning, but grandma is combing her hair. Meaning is, I don't care <laughs> what's going on in the village. So this is a song about a young girl. The village is burning, and she's sitting on the balcony. She's making a beaded snake, which is used when you lead the dance. You wave instead of using a handkerchief in the air, giving the signs to turn, to stop, to go down. Signal. Signal, yes. Signalizing to the dancers, or just, you know, to express a happy feeling, you don't have to turn or anything, just, you know, like you go, ee-hoo, and right. wave in the air with that snake. Why a snake? There is also, beside the snake, there's another f shape, which is kind of a long, 
Uh, and at both ends has some decorations, like can be a little ball or a triangle or some kind of decoration which makes that end heavier. So when you wave it in the air, it waves easily. So it's called chustek. Chustek. And that's used especially for dancing. And you can often see that in some pictures. And the vest, there's a pocket. Half of that thing is sticking out as a decoration as a custom decoration and it has to be in a reach so when you're dancing you can just pull it out of the pocket and wave in the air so she's making she's making that beaded snake or two stack for her beloved one for milan that's his name so she is so much in love with that guy she wants to make something uh, as a present to him she does not even care about the flame, the fire going on in the village. Oh, I see. Okay. Hey, you know what? In Latin, they have a mantis saying, which means, translated means, the ones in love are stupid. Something like that. Amantesamentus. You've been listening to Macedonian Postcards brought to you by izvormusic.com. Слушавте Македонска разгледница, представено от izvormusic.com. We're your hosts, David Belitis и Драги Спасовски. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Благодарим, че бяхте с нас и до слушания.